Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode number 85. Today we are continuing chapter 4, Illusions of the Ego, and we will be concluding section 3, Love Without Conflict. Our three takeaways from episode 84 were, number one, there is no conflict in true love. It is pure and holy. We can have it simply by asking for it, by knowing who we are, and not by asking in order to get something as the ego does. Number two, if we ask anything or anyone else to remind us of our true relationship with our Father, we're placing that person or thing as God in our life. But there is nothing else other than imaginations. And number three, we have no business asking other people what we should do in this or that situation. Our own true self knows everything that we need to know. All right, here we go. Picking up in paragraph seven. It has never really entered your mind to give up every idea you ever had that opposes knowledge. That's true. First of all, because until we begin to search, we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know that what we think we know is not knowledge. Continuing. You, re- you retain thousands of little scraps of fear that prevent the Holy One from entering. So that fear is the evidence that we don't have knowledge. But it feels so normal that many times we don't even recognize it as fear. Continuing. Light cannot penetrate through the walls you made to block it, and it is forever unwilling to destroy what you have made. So the light is not willing to destroy what we made because of the great love and respect it has for God's creation. Continuing. No one can see through a wall, but I can step around it. Watch your mind for the scraps of fear, or you will be unable to ask me to do so. So now that we're being made aware of the thousands of scraps of fear, when we recognize that fear, we can ask our elder brother to step around the walls that we've made to block the light and to bring that light with him. Continuing, I can help you only as our Father created us. I will love you 
and honor you and maintain complete respect for what you have made, but I will not uphold it unless it's true. So Jesus loves us so much that he will not insert himself into our awareness without our invitation. He will not agree with us that there is anything to fear. He will only agree with us when we ask for the light. So continuing, I will never forsake you any more than God will, but I must wait as long as you choose to forsake yourself because I wait in love and not in impatience. You will surely ask me truly. I will come in response to a single unequivocal call. That reminded me of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 7, that like whole paragraph there. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So that is why Jesus will not insert himself. He will patiently and lovingly wait until we call him, until we invite him into our situation, into our mind to help us to see the light, to see the truth. Paragraph 8. Watch carefully and see what it is that you are really asking for. So, like when we ask for relationships, we're asking to be reminded of our oneness. You know, there are so many people who are single and they don't have a relationship and they want one so badly. They want to be loved. They want to have a companion. They want to not be alone. So when we ask for relationships like that, we are asking to be reminded of our oneness. When we ask for money or material objects, we're wanting to remember our completeness. Continuing, be very honest with yourself in this, for we must hide nothing from each other. If you will really try to do this, you have taken the first step toward preparing your mind for the Holy One to enter. We will prepare for this together. So Jesus is always just right there waiting for us to call on him for these remembrances. And as soon as we call, he will come and guide us forward. Continuing, for once he, the Holy One, has come, you will be ready to help me make other minds ready for him. We will do as Jesus does and just love others. We won't try to tell them that they're wrong or that there's another way or anything like that. We will just live 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Kingdom. Uh, continuing. <laughs> How long will you deny his kingdom? So as long as we're not willing to let down our walls that keep out the light, we're denying our Father our full presence, the kingdom that we are. Paragraph 9. In your own mind, 
though denied by the ego, is the declaration of your release. God has given you everything. So the ego will not admit that God has given us everything that we could ever need or want and that all of that that we could need or want is already in our minds. The ego doesn't want to believe this because it wants to earn or get what it thinks it needs or wants so it can get kudos for it. And in that way, it quote-unquote proves its reality. Continuing, this one fact that God has given us everything means that the ego does not exist. And this makes the ego profoundly afraid. In the ego's language, to have and to be are different, but they are, are identical to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows that you both have everything and are everything. Any distinction in this respect is meaningful only when the idea of getting, which implies a lack, has already been accepted. And that is why we make, that is why we make no distinction between having the kingdom of God and being the kingdom of God. So to be is to have the kingdom of God. Paragraph 10. The calm being of God's kingdom, which in your sane mind is perfectly conscious, is ruthlessly banished from the part of the mind that the ego rules. The ego is desperate because it opposes literally invincible odds, whether you're asleep or awake. So the ego, there's no way the ego can win because eventually this body and this physical consciousness is going to cease to exist. So the ego, it, there's just no way it can win. Continuing. Consider how much vigilance you have been willing to exert to protect your ego and how little to protect your right mind. We tend to feel that physical reality is more real than the spirit reality. And we sometimes call people who believe in the spirit world and maybe even have contact with it, crazy. And sometimes we go to great lengths to prove that it is that way. <clears throat> Continuing. Who but the insane would undertake to believe what is not true and then protect this belief at the cost of truth? And the obvious answer to that question is no one. If we were sane, we would know what was true. We would have that knowledge. But the fact that we believe what is not true and we try to protect that belief proves that we're not in our right mind. So that concludes section three in chapter four. And here are my takeaways from today's episode. Number one, we don't know that what we think we know is not knowledge. And because of that, we retain thousands of little scraps of fear that prevent the Holy One from entering our minds. Number two, our declaration of release 
is already in our minds, and that is that God has given us everything. And number three, the calmness of God's kingdom is that to be is to have. And since this is the conclusion of this section, I have takeaways from the whole entire section. Number one is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. And that is why this section is entitled Love Without Conflict. Because that's what 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 talks about. The second one is that we are the kingdom of heaven. It's not that the kingdom of heaven is in us. It's that we are the kingdom of heaven. And since to be is to have, then we have everything that is the kingdom of heaven. And my third takeaway from this whole section is that the love and respect that Jesus and our Father have for us is unlimited. They are willing to wait patiently until we are ready and we ask for their help. We ask for the light and they will not destroy anything that we have made because of their great love and respect for us. So this week, I wish you a week of realizing all of these things that what we think we know is not really knowledge. And when we realize that, then we are releasing those little scraps of fear and allowing holiness to enter our minds. So, many blessings. Namaste. Namaste.